Hey, welcome to the Sharon Jesus Podcast, where we share stories, awesome ministry moments, and everything in between. Today, we are recording episode 16 with our lead pastor, Michael Reese, our student pastor, Rob Cox, and a special guest, Shane Harrington from Collecting Church over there in Bryant, Arkansas. Good to have you, Shane. And today, we are talking about encouragement and discouragement. And we will talk about that in the pastoral sense uh, when it comes to leadership and student ministry and all things in the church, but we'll also kind of grace on the topic of encouragement and discouragement uh, between family, friends, your co-workers, peers. Yeah, glad to have uh, Shane with us. He's a longtime friend, been around the ministry definitely a while now. How long have you been in the ministry, so to speak? I know um, you've been in different hats, had mm-hmm. different hats. Yeah, so this will be, uh, this year will be my first decade Cool. Finishing up a decade of ministry. Mm -hmm. This coming year. This is traditionally uh, Pastoral Appreciation Month. Uh, I don't know how long that's been going on. I remember when I first heard it on the radio, then you wanted to secretly let uh, church members find out that it was uh, (laughs) Encouragement, Pastor Encouragement Month, because it was a new thing. I don't 10, 12, I don't know how many years ago it started, but. I think Lifeway probably started that way back yonder. but And it shouldn't be just October. Now, a lot of people mm-hmm. have said that. Now, are they just doing it because it's the time of the year to do that? Or do church members should church members do that more often? A lot of people don't know the stresses and the uh, – Quick fact check. Started in 1992. Who started it? The power of Google. Was it Lifeway? That'd be a strange uh, – it says Pastor Appreciation Day is always the second Sunday in October, and all of October is celebrated as Pastor Appreciation Month. The celebration was established in 1992 with the mission of uplifting and encouraging pastors, missionaries, and religious workers. While, you, just, while you're at it, I think, double-check me, fact-check me, is April or March Pastor's Wives Appreciation Month because somebody, I guess, Pastor's Wife said, well... What about us? You know, exactly. we, we need to be encouraged, but they definitely need to be encouraged. Because yeah, they put up with us. Yeah. They put up with us when we're <laughs> discouraged. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of Pastor Appreciation Month in October, this podcast brought to you by the Butlers. I'm over here snacking on some nice treats they dropped off. Uh, Ronnie so and Susan Butler. Ronnie and Susan Butler. Much. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah. I'm getting these Reese's Big Cups with pretzels in them. It's pretty nice. Just, just, to, be all, coffee. just to be all biblical in the beginning of the episode, it said Paul started <laughs> – Past appreciation month, appreciation month, and First uh, Timothy five seventeen began the concept yeah. of past appreciation when he stated that the elders of the church are worthy of double honor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And and the double honor that in October. Yep. Yeah. A, a lot of yeah, October. Yeah, he must have, that's when he wrote it down. He was probably like was worried about what he was going to eat for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. needed a good turkey. Yeah, Man. got a head on that. Yep. Real quickly, I'm going to start it off. Y'all be thinking and uh, of next something that people have done to encourage uh, me through the years. Uh, of course, uh, pastors have not always been the highest paid position. For years, I was bivocational, and so it's always nice whenever uh, people would uh, – just you know whether it be a thank you note and sometimes people would, would give us extra funds so uh, it would uh you know be a 50 a 20 uh, a gift card to take your wife out to eat those sort of things and through the years 
Uh, those spontaneous acts of kindness have really meant a lot because back in the 80s and the 90s, of course, I married Miss Karen in 1989. I was already pastoring. So if that started in 92 or ever what the year was that you said, <clears throat> it really wasn't a thing. Uh, so just those those were big hits, just uh uh, thank you, preacher. Just uh, letting you know that I'm praying for you, and uh, it all comes down with the attitude that people have toward ministers, and uh, and it, a lot of it reflects on how they were raised uh, in church or what have you. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Just just off the top of my head, uh, all the things that you just said, you know, about getting a gift card or uh, just a, a note. Those things are nice, uh, but my favorite. This is my favorite thing, whether it's Pastor Appreciation Month or whatever, when somebody's trying to encourage you. I love when somebody not only just gives you a uh, gift card to take your wife out or whatever, but actually invites you to dinner and take you to dinner and then pay for it. Uh, not that I'm expecting that. Like, I just like to go out to dinner, uh, uh, not even that they would even pay for it. But I've had a few church members take us out to dinner and us have meaningful conversations, and they pick up the, a tab, and that, that is my – uh, favorite one because of the personal interaction with that. So if you got to put That's a, a good point, uh, if you got to put uh, you know cherry on top, I guess uh, that that is Rob's favorite. Well, to to go off that, you talking about you love receiving that. It's a blessing when you can do it for somebody else. I, yeah. If y'all don't know, my roommate is Sean, and he's rented to the ministry, and he's not on staff anywhere, but we live together, and he's a member here at Sharon. And uh, him and his girlfriend went out to Chippe's of the night, and Rob and Haley were there eating. And he said, "Bro." Robin Haley paid for our supper tonight at Chippe. He's like, oh, that's cool. He's like, bro, and we splurged, too. <laughs> we yeah. both got sweet teas yeah. and a cheese dip. I was like, yeah, there's young people there. We, <laughs> we got a cheese dip and sweet teas. But, uh, yeah, I was just you know, trying to pay it forward, I guess, and uh, saw them eating, and I appreciate the work Sean does in ministry. And he's out preaching and stuff, and I saw them eating. I was like, man, as much as I like to – uh, get that stuff happen to me. Like I, I'm gonna pay it forward because I've had church members do that to me. They see us out eating and yeah. they'll pick up the tab, and I'm like, man, that's that's just awesome stuff. Yeah. And along this line, Shane, what have, uh, acts of kindness or things have you experienced that stand out? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of instances, but I would say like the biggest thing for me that encourages me, um, just you know, throughout uh, throughout ministry, tons of short uh, stories you can share, but. Uh, there's nothing like a member calling, texting, or even grabbing you on a Sunday and just pulling you aside yeah. and praying with you. Um, yeah. To me, that's so encouraging uh, when they when they take the time <clears throat> to recognize um, that they want to to pray for you, and they either send you a text randomly, like, and it always seems like in those random moments when you get a text from a from a church member, a friend. Um, hey, I'm, I just prayed for you today. Just felt like you, you know, I wanted to pray for you today, or just grabbing you and, and being intentional uh, with with you as a pastor and just coming alongside you and praying for you. I think those moments are not only moments of kindness, but just absolute power and in the spiritual warfare that we as pastors walk through daily. Yeah, not just pastors, but everybody. I think something cool that um, Paula Thompson does, who's a huge prayer warrior here at our church. You know. On Sunday mornings a while back, she started that prayer team, uh, and they pray at 8.30 over every pew in the worship center. 
But also during our rehearsal, they'll they'll walk by and pray for next to each person on stage as we're rehearsing through worship. So that's something along those lines that's really cool. Yes. Uh, Just very uplifting. Um, I will echo that. That is awesome. Miss Paula has pulled me aside and prayed for me and uh, Haley as well. And uh, it's pretty encouraging when that happens. Well, that is so powerful um, to purposefully... um, and I've received those, especially during times of uh, here at Sharon Church at Promised Land, um, at my previous church, Central and Pineville, and even uh, back to Texas. People that have, back then there weren't texts, but there were people that would leave notes or just letting you know, I, uh, maybe a phone call, and they'd say, hey, I, I don't know why, but I felt like the need to pray for you today. Yeah. Now they'll send you a text saying that, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's amazing the timing on yes. that. Yep, hundred percent. That um, through the years, I've um, especially we moved into. Uh, I'm going to switch it now to maybe some strange or not so common ways that I've been encouraged. Um, I tried to leave a. Um, Everywhere I've been, the churches I've pastored, if I'm leaving a church, I'll I'll tell key individuals ways that they can treat their pastor uh, in maybe a way they hadn't thought of. That way, it doesn't look like I'm trying to just look out for myself. That I want that I expect somebody to buy me a meal. That I expect somebody to 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 cater to me. I, I shouldn't. We should never expect that. We shouldn't ex- always expect our tab to be pick it, picked up and uh, get untongue-tied. And, um, but one time, it was at Wells, Texas, first time I'd ever experienced it, when we moved into the parsonage, because that's all we ever knew until we came to Sharon was parsonages. Uh, we moved into the parsonage. There was a closet pantry, and they had just slam-packed it full of food. I'd never seen that before. Pounding. Yes, and uh, so some churches might take the pastor pounding yeah. uh, literal <laughs> sense <laughs> a, a different direction. <clears throat> Since then, other churches have done that. Promised Land has a neat tradition. I don't know if they're still doing it for Brother Josh. I hope they are. And that is on Thanksgiving, they would bring in a whole ton of groceries and uh, just That's a bunch cool. of groceries. And so I think um, – it's funny just to have a laughable moment like we just had, but I just think of like a guest in a church that first time guest, and somebody's coming up on stage saying, "Hey, uh, in two weeks we're gonna be pounding our pastor." Yeah, <laughs> they're just going. The what does that uh, mean? Uh, <laughs> not mentioning the pastor. They're probably gonna month. come back in two weeks just out of curiosity yeah. and see and what's again, going on. The only reason I know that is because Harmony did that for me. Ten years ago, when yeah. I started ministry, man, that's nice. That's it. That's the only time it's ever happened. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad I remembered this. Uh, I was uh, 1986. I had just taken um, uh, the associate in youth position at Vidalia, Louisiana, and um, I was had a 1980 Toyota Corolla, and I was driving back and forth and going to seminary and different things. My tires were Bald Eagle Specials, and I came out of church. <laughs> And, and I had forgotten that J.H. Uh, Hamilton and Lois Hamilton, but it's J.H., and he had gotten my keys from me, 
he said, uh, preacher, I need to move your car because I need to pull my truck around. Mm. And he was just making up something. And he had taken my, during church, taken my vehicle, put new tires on it. Get on to him, Brought back. church. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that day. Not that Not day. Not that day. But that was another that is awesome. interesting thing. Yeah. And I was 19. Uh, obviously, I, that time I was single, and uh, I come out of church, and I've got four brand new tires. On my wow! Vehicle. And also, that guy—of course, it wasn't a payment, but it was just a gift. You preached that revival, and that guy put three trash bags full of golf balls in the bed of your truck. Yes, oh, and man. I forgot yeah. about it during. Uh, and he said at the last night of the message, he said, "Hey, I left something in the back of your truck for you." Well, we got to visiting fellowship, and after the last service, and I drove back to. Uh, Pineville, Louisiana, and uh, actually the community is Rogelli, but uh, went back and then, I, hey, there was something. I forgot to get it out. Oh, no, I hope it's not ruined. Oh, three trash bags. They were loaded. It was about 500 clean wash golf balls. Wow. Wow. That's a random gift, but I yeah. mean, <laughs> if you've ever seen us play golf, we need as many golf balls. <laughs> For real. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, y'all make sure y'all y'all include me in your next round. Next golf round. Yes. We'll, yeah. bring, we'll bring a trash bag. Ready? <laughs> Redneck <laughs> golf. That's your supply of the golf balls. I still have them. Matter of fact, she still has some. Yeah, I took all of That's these the... guys to golf the other day, and I got them a dozen or two dozen. Yeah. Uh, Random acts of kindness, you know, <laughs> Elliot, uh, my fiance, she hasn't, she took golf lessons when she was younger, eight or nine. She hadn't played golf forever. So I put a fo- post on Facebook, and, you know, anybody looking to part ways with girls, right handed golf clubs, and the church member said, Hey, my wife never liked playing, and her set's been in my attic for two or three years. You can have them. I was like, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Random act of kindness. Yeah. Pretty nice. No. On the gifting, so uh, I guess I have two. On the gifting side of things, recent, just like recently, like uh, like two three days ago, a uh, former church member and deacon at Crossroads, Aaron Smith. They're they're uh, I, I think they're at Glen Rose now. But anyway, he so he works for Remington, um, and about three years ago, he gave me a twelve gauge assault shotgun, like for home invasion. Just gave it to me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then about a year later, he comes in with like the army case for like that you can put ammo in. Yeah. Full of 12 gauge. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, just round and round. Uh, and so still yeah. have some of those. So well, y'all don't be robbing Shane's house. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so Shane's house. it gets better. Like yesterday, or not yesterday, I think it was maybe Sunday evening. He can't, they, they stopped by. And he he brings in just a box. I just purchased a an AR not like not too long ago. Well, he brings in a two two three ammunition in a box and just sets it on the counter. Dude, it's six hundred and seventy five rounds of two two three. Wow, rounds. Now that's equivalent to nearly eight hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Now that, <laughs> as far as a gift of kindness, that's. That's pretty daggum good. He's good at it, and and again, it's like not a lot of stuff that you just randomly run into. That that is, that just never happens. That's um, cool. And so yeah, it, it, that was just a really, really awesome. Uh, <clears throat> Ellie met a girl who worked at Bath and Body Works, and the employees there they get uh, the leftover seasonal stuff. They get to just take it home as much mm, as they want. That's awesome. Man, and so I'd have me a side business. Yeah, for real, <laughs> half price, half oh, off of half off. That um, that, but that's that. I'm not saying I want Bath and Body Works stuff at all, but 
that's just it's a pretty okay. cool, well, pretty cool perk of it. I know yeah. y'all yeah. probably talked about this. What have you know? Obviously, you're getting married in let's see how long is six, seven, uh, eight months, seven months and three weeks. There oh, that's go. pretty good that you know look that. That's you. Uh, look at you. That's yeah. good. Does is Ellie aware? I know y'all have had some uh, different types of counseling, different types of visiting, getting ready for marriage and everything. Mm-hmm. So is she ready for ministry because you're surrendered into the ministry yeah now, right now it's the music ministry so she's ready yeah she enjoys it she loves it it's a it's a unique world it's a unique uh it's very beneficial that she can play an instrument <laughs> she can <laughs> she can sing too <laughs> but she doesn't really like singing and but she can dance like we're we going to we're going to lead worship tomorrow night at shane's church yep, and she's yep. gonna be playing the keyboard cool yes. and it's not something i have to ask her she's like she she knew about me going to do it. She's like, "Do you need somebody to play piano?" Of course, I asked Allie first, and but Allie couldn't, so she was like, "Yes, I will." So cool. That's cool that she has that uh, <clears throat> mentality and that absolutely that style of um, yeah. willingness yeah. And, and what have you. Well, let's swap over to the discouragement. Uh, I, I will start it out, and just uh, y'all tag off, and and uh, just stuff will come to your mind. I said it, and I've been saying it, I said it for many times at Promised Land, and many times I've been here, it bears repeating because you have to remind people, because um, one of the biggest common hindrances of discouragement to any, uh, whether it be pastor, student pastor, is right before they're scheduled to get up and speak, somebody will come to them, preacher, You've got to do something. It is burning up in this room, and uh, we the air conditioning is not running. And of course, something that's happened to me before even here is, uh, you know, right. But hey, y'all tell them because that fire music that worship band just played. There, there was a lady <laughs> that I'm sitting in the front pew, and she comes around, puts her arm around me. I'm, I mean, I'm in pre about to preach mode, and she yeah. says. Pastor, the ladies' toilet is overflowing oh, big gosh. time. No way. This, yeah. This you is know, just what do you a want me to say? Wow. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the band, the the uh, music leaders go, and I think it was during Brother Jeff's tenure. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I tell her, okay, go see da 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 da, Brother Bob or somebody like that. And yeah. church members, that's. But that's, still, that's a that doesn't keep you from not thinking about it anymore. Right. It's it's your midway uh, through the sermon. You're like, man, I wonder if they got that toilet yeah. fixed. <laughs> you know, Is it constantly just looking at the, the back door. Yeah, the water's down the hall. Yeah, oh, it's, I don't know if I, I'd say that's pretty frustrating. You know, discouraging. It, I don't know. They they didn't know any better. Probably. I, I don't know if they intentionally went and did something. And you know, I, I don't. Nah. Yeah, but definitely frustrating. My goodness. I, Is there anybody that could? Is there anything any well I'm sure there's there's something, but is there anything discouraging uh or that can be really discouraging because I know you're kind of old fashioned you like standing in the back after the service yes and and you're right that is uh some of my throwback to my raising and and a lot of preachers you know they'll hang out at the uh, front of the church or they they just may and some preachers after they preach they'll just exit the building they're out of there and uh <laughs> i've seen that before those are true preachers right there yeah 
I don't know about yeah, that. That's but. one thing kind of pastors, preachers, one preachers. Thing kinda preaching late. discouraging to me. And I know some people do it for health <laughs> reasons, and some people do it just. But like one thing discouraging to me, I, I get up and I lead the invitation, and it's nothing to do with me. But people will have sometimes about a dozen, half dozen people will get up and leave during your prayer right before the invitation. Cause, and, you know, and you're like the only person that sees that yeah, because you're, yeah. yeah, the rest of the body is looking forward and to so you. And you're, I'm thinking, the, you know, I know, I know there's one person that does it because uh, they're handicapped and they need to get to their car, and it just it's easy. They can get to their car without running into anybody or having problems getting to the vehicle. I understand that, uh, but you know, there's just some people that get up and gotta get to the buffet, man. You know, that's your chance you know? to respond. Respond mm-hmm. to the word that was just proclaimed. So that's that's discouraging to me, and I know again it has nothing to do with me, but it's something I see that's that's just discouraging to me. So yeah, yeah. And those are two uh, practices that not all Baptist churches uh, practice, and that is uh, a preacher stands around in the foyer after, and he's not really. He shouldn't be there to, like, okay, I need everybody to come by and, and say, Receive great praise. job. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Pastor. Uh, but great it, word. it should be because that's the only time you get to see them, and they're leaving. You would just want to say hi. That's my motive. Yeah. Is I just want and just want to say hi to people. <clears throat> at Promised Land, we had a bottleneck in the foyer. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a small foyer, and a lot of people would exit the side, and I needed to uh, – I cannot wear my feelings on my shoulders if somebody – uh, goes around, doesn't come by, doesn't speak. Um, you got to have more. And I've I've run into preachers, pastors that didn't have much of a self esteem, didn't have much self confidence, or they or they really uh, depended on that people coming by and saying sure. something. Mm. And that's that's a sign that you've got to get out of yourself, away from yourself, not dependent on the praise of men. And uh, so my goal and my aim is to see and say hi to people. Also, many times people come by and, yes, they can say, hey, last week, you know, such and such happened. It was bad news and and discourage you there in the foyer. But I've often told people, never complain, never gripe to me about me or whatever, what I've done, what I haven't done right before I'm about to preach and in the foyer. Because that's not the time. If you say, come by and say, hey, Brother Michael, could I speak with you after you get through uh, visiting with people? That's appropriate. Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. appropriate. As as we keep diving into this topic of discouragement, don't don't let this be discouraging to you and just turn off this podcast, but let it be a, a just a, a way to grow um, in your Christian walk and a, way, a point of prayer for pastors and youth pastors and for Shane and Rob you are in student ministry and a lot of things can be very discouraging every week in student ministry sometimes your kids and sometimes if you deal with leaders uh, it can be discouraging so uh, as we kind of dive into this uh, <laughs> Rob just had a smile on his face yeah but you know what sometimes what can be discouraging to you and I know dealing with students you're going to be discouraged and let down 90% of the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. part of it. There's students, there's a lot of growing different age groups, you know. Let's dive into that. Who's first? Rock, paper, scissors? 
I'll, bro, I'll dive into it. I'm a guest. This is, uh, <laughs> a guest. This is yours. I'll, I'll come uh, in after there's you. A, uh, if, if anybody's listening to this and they know me personally, you probably know that I don't get discouraged a lot. Uh, it's hard to you know discourage Rob. I'm always the optimistic guy. I'm, I'm the guy that says, hey, you know, our numbers were low tonight, students. So a lot of youth pastors get really discouraged. So if there's any other youth pastors listening to this and maybe you had a low number night, yeah. you might have had two new kids there That's for right. the first time that's never been in church. That's an encouraging moment. And so that actually happened this past Sunday. We had two kids that had never been there before, and they came, and but we had a low night overall. Uh, and um, I just want to say, hey, don't let the small things discourage you. Uh, life happens. Life goes on. Well, I was talking to, to pastor about this. You know, a lot of times you're dealing with leaders, and, and they're uh, the ones that are pastoring your kids for you and, and uh, small group leaders. Uh, we have to understand that they're volunteers. Life goes on. You can't get discouraged when somebody can't be there, right? Yeah. That's not a discouragement to be uh, and so the I mean student ministry I mean I'm all I'm literally probably the only one that's going to sit there and find a positive in every single situation and but it kind of goes back to encouragement and discouragement a lot of it has to do with your perspective of what you're seeing and so uh, uh, for student wise discouraging uh, is when students are um, just totally walk away uh, you know, like spiritually, like they're so, like like you see them growing and getting so close, and then something distracts them. I guess in life, and you check in on them, and you do all these things, and it's not even that they're going to another church. If they end up going to another church. Great, I, I know that pastor. They can pour into you there. That's fine, uh, but they just walk away from church. That's discouraging. Uh, as far as uh, uh, leaders go, I guess to find a discouraging one is I don't know. Uh, I mean, if they just step up to the plate for teenagers, I mean, that's that's more than enough for me. I don't know if there's yeah. – Shane, have you had any, like, discouraging moments with, like, leaders that you could – I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint yes. it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but that's just the way that I'm wired. I don't really get discouraged uh, over things specifically in student ministry. Yeah. Uh, church overall or spiritual growth overall, something that's discouraging to me. Uh, and it's not the minimal stuff, the yang yang or whatever that stuff doesn't. It's when people have uh, issues, whether it be with me or someone else, and the, and it, they're holding so strong to those issues, whatever it is. If they have a problem with somebody, and they won't go speak to them, mm. that is discouraging to me because I don't understand it. I'm like, hey, if you have a problem with that person out of love you need to go have a conversation with them yeah. and when they're not mature enough i think it's the immaturity that's discouraging maybe not the act itself uh, that's the fruit of the immaturity that they won't go and seek out a conversation with those people and and, and it's kind of discouraging not that we hold on to those people that are uh, you know have something against you or whatever that you heard uh, it's just just something that you've that you know that there's a problem, or maybe they said something, but they won't go figure out a uh, solution. Yeah. Uh, so, so those those things become discouraging. But overall, and, it's really hard to discourage Rob. And I'll be I'll be real quick as far as <clears throat> some of the stuff you've already answered. But from students' perspective, for me, like very rarely am I ever discouraged by students because 
uh, students are products of their environment. People are products of their environment, but students are so much uh, a product of their environment. Yeah. And so it's really hard to get discouraged uh, knowing what their environment is. Most of the time, 168 hours of the week, I get two tops, you know, for the most yeah. part. So <laughs> I'm not point. really discouraged that much with students. I'm morally, I'm more encouraged with them, even when they make little mistakes. I'm still encouraged <laughs> that they've recognized the mistake they've made and, and made a step forward. Um, as far as like from leadership standpoint, people who are past 25 and their brains are fully developed at this point, this is where the discouragement huh. begins to take place. Um, so like if you're, if you're above 25, I always give you a, you know, a cop out. Well, your brain's not fully developed. You're still, you're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so 25. Yeah. if you're below 25, yeah. your brain is still developing. So I give you an out. Uh, but once you start uh, wow. getting into adulthood, um, you know, so leaders leaders can be very discouraging. And here's the biggest uh, way. And I have a great leadership team. So if any if any of my leaders are listening to this podcast by some chance, uh, we have a great team at Collective right now. And so really happy with them. But <clears throat> in memories past, I, I would say that uh, very discouraging moments uh, that can happen from leaders in the student ministry will be leaders that um, are very lethargic don't care and don't want to be there. Uh, if you don't have a heart for student ministry, I'd rather you not be there uh, because your spiritual gift is not there. And that's fine. It's somewhere else. God's gifted you in a certain way. And so if student ministry isn't for you, you don't have to keep coming just because you've been doing it for 30 years. Or if you've just been doing it for two months and you're not feeling it, like you don't you don't have to be in it. It's okay. God's gifted you in a way you need to find whatever that gifting is. And if it's not student ministry, don't waste your time and don't lead these students into um, a, a place that's not going to help them mm. grow. Uh, <clears throat> and I would say Good word. In, a, in a pinpointed uh, instance too, uh, leaders uh, that are under your student pastor, uh, don't, don't hide behind passive-aggressive sarcasm with your leader. Show them honor, even though they're not the lead pastor. Still show them the honor of pastor because that's what they're doing. That's who they are. Um, so, you know, leaders that are passive-aggressive in, 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 in group settings and stuff like that, just because youth pastors have this stigma of, well, we're not, we're not really the lead pastor, so we can poke fun at them. Well, but you're diminishing their leadership role. So just make sure that in, you know, group settings and stuff like that, yeah. You know, that you're really standing behind and honoring uh, the student pastor. As far as from a church standpoint, and I'll make it quick. The most discouraging turn of phrase uh, that I can't stand is, and it's really disheartening, um, and that is, this This is my church. This is my church. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a, a worse phrase that I've uh, that I've uh, seen over the last 10 years that have discouraged me more than this is my church. Uh, and I say turn of phrase because that can mean t two things. It can be a really good thing and it can be a really terrible thing. If you're saying yeah, this yeah. is my church because you're you're butting up against the pastors, the staff, or the leadership of the church, however your model is, if you're doing that just because you're being selfish and your motive is this is this is the way that I want to do it, then, then more of an ownership. Say, thing. Yeah. yeah, if you're saying this is my church from that standpoint. Uh, that is a really discouragement to church leadership. If you're saying this is my church and you're getting behind what God wants you to do as a church member, uh, that's the encouragement. So that's saying this is my is, yeah. this is my church, have a positive spin on it. Don't use that as a way to say 
I was here before you, and I'll be here after you. As a weapon. (laughs) They're using it as a weapon. Yes. That's good. And So as we wrap up today's episode, you know, we've been talking about discouragement for this this back half of this episode. So as we wrap it up, let's talk about ways uh, that we can have grit, that we can get through the discouragement, uh, maybe personally, uh, ways we've gotten through discouragement, whether that's uh, just seeking fellowship with a – Another pastor or mentor, I know Shane's uh, big mm. on mentors and talked about it with him before. Uh, so we'll start with you, Pastor. What's ways that y- you've just led through or, or gotten yourself through discouragement? Well, first off is is um, I've already done some groundwork and legwork. The good Lord has blessed me with a, a wonderful wife, and I've leaned on her so much. She is definitely my best friend. Uh, I've got friends all over. I can call uh, people in Texas, I can call people in Louisiana, people in Arkansas, and they would drive five hours, whatever hours, to come help me if I needed it. But this is—I lean on Miss Karen so much. Another thing is that I found that, fortunately, through the years, I've got a pastor friend that I can call. There is too much at stake for me to live on an island by myself i cannot be don't be uh conceited or to the point that and so i do have uh, i can call my brother-in-laws i can call uh different ones that are in the ministry and you know we may playfully disagree over odds and ends as brother-in-laws and even some of my preacher friends but i they're there. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're not gonna abandon me. I'm not gonna abandon them. Uh, I'm gonna encourage them. I cannot be above reaching out and asking a preacher friend of mine to pray for me. And so that's how I've had grit through the years. Yes, there's been some key church members and individuals that have done it and given me um, been prayer warriors behind the scenes, but. Knowing that I've got a wife that's going to stick with me through it, through thick and thin in the ministry, and some preacher friends that I can call at any time—that's one of the ways that I have grit. And yes, you can get into—that's the practical end of it. My spiritual life needs to be right uh, if I'm going to have grit. And if I am got hidden or unconfessed sin in my life, that's going to drain on me having grit. Mm-hmm. So I've yes, I'm pre. Uh, expecting that my spiritual life is okay, what can I do practically? I've got to have a friend. My number one friend is my wife, but I've got to have friends in the ministry that I can call and please pray for me and ask them to do that. That's good. I think that's a big thing for me is just ask people to pray, but also – you know, having a mentor is good. Uh, I wouldn't say I have a mentor, but I'm kind of the position you are. I have two or three really close friends that are in similar ministry positions that I am, similar ages, uh, that I can go to um, when I'm just battling discouragement or, <coughs> you know, just something that may come up that, that I'm just trying to learn, uh, learn and, and grow at the same time as I, as I go through the ministry Um and there's lots of ways I can grow, especially, uh, you know, just kind of starting off my ministry, my life, you know, about to be married and everything. So there's been a bunch of Saturday, excuse me, Sunday evenings that I've wanted to quit hmm. through the years. 
and uh, you're, or, still, you're still here. And I'm still here. And true uh, grit, and, right there. That's mm-hmm. like, and that that just shows you the toll it can have on you. It's like, not to compare it to a nine to five job, but th- that statement right there. There are some Sunday evenings. There's probably a lot of Fridays that people just want to quit. Well, there's some Sunday evenings, and some pastors probably are ready to, yeah, light a match and be done with it. Just poof, wait, wait, go. But, yeah. but at the same time, um, so what about y'all guys? How do you uh, how do you hang in there? How do I hang in there? Well, first, if you heard the previous segment, uh, it's hard for me to get discouraged. But when I am, there's one person, and Brother Michael, you've already mentioned it. Uh, there's one person that knows. Uh, it's my wife, and she is awesome. Uh, she is a big time realist, uh, and she'll just put things plainly in front of me, and you know, and I might be either frustrated or. Sometimes when the discouragement comes, I'm really worried about something or whatever, and she's like, Rob, nobody's dying. You know, and she just starts there, and that's like her go-to. Nobody's dying. It's going to be okay. And in my head, I'm like, yes, they're dying. They're going to hell. (laughs) You know, uh uh, but but she's they need like Jesus, yes. Yes, and so that's my job is is keep loving on people and she's just putting things plainly like, Hey, the sun's gonna come up tomorrow, everything's gonna be okay, uh nothing real serious is going on. Um and and she really allows me to focus on the things that just truly matter. Because uh, some of the stuff that we, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves as pastors, we can get caught up on stuff that doesn't really matter if you think about it. The, the negativity that might be circling around or the drama that's going around, the stuff that, you know, the church members that keep you up at night, those people. Uh, but uh, when, when, when you can go home and you have somebody just uh, speak truth and uh, life into you, uh, that is pretty good to have, and so uh, other than that, you know, just having friends that you're connected to in similar situations that y'all said you can call. You know, I've called Chain before on things. Uh, other guys around, I just call get their perspective, and uh, really just helps me to see things uh, from a different set of eyes. And uh, when you have those things and allow those things in your life, see, see if you you know just completely close yourself off and don't allow anybody speaking to your life, whether that's in leadership or just everyday people. If you don't, if you're not allowing somebody to speak into your life, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, you need to find true friendship, uh, mentorship, uh, maybe a good pastor, um, and, and just allow that time. So. Uh, just shout out to Haley. She's my way to get through things. Uh, well, she's had good training being a coach's wife. Uh, she had real good training uh, and uh, went went through the things. She sees the things. But the thing that's most encouraging, speaking about my, uh, my wife, um, is when people uh, like I love it when they encourage me. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's great. I'm not I'm not going to turn it down. I love when they check in on me. I love when I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when when somebody intentionally takes time out of their day to check on my wife yes that is like that's powerful there there was one instance that stands out the most is uh this was back before rowan was born uh it was a spontaneous trip went to uh, panama city beach mission relief hurricane came and uh she was teaching we're you know there's no kids i was like hey babe can i go on this trip uh never was able to coaching i always wanted to go on a trip like that and cranked up the chainsaw i came back wore out you know but uh there was somebody that checked on my wife throughout the week and it was uh, one of our church members gary bennett uh would just call her and check in on her 
And I thought that was the coolest mm. thing ever. And that is That's pretty cool. encouraging when you know you have people like that in your life. Mm-hmm. That's nice. how you get through is when you have people like that in your life that you know when times get tough or things are stretched that they're going to check in on you that they love you. So that that's really cool. good. I, I was I was thinking uh, very when we were talking about the encouragement segment about you know what you just said about your wife when people take time. That is yeah. a huge encouragement when people take time to to check in on your spouse or take them out to lunch. Yeah. Or or just, just pray for or them. just or pray for them to to send them a little gift or something. I mean, it's just. It's extremely encouraging. For for me to keep the grit, I remember my MVPs. My MVPs. So you got your mentors, you got your vacations, and you got prayer. <laughs> right? So your MVPs. Can I steal that? Absolutely. Steal that. So you, your mentors, those are the people you know, you're trying to meet with, that you're trying to get encouragement from, that are, that are going to keep you uh, balanced in your walk in ministry, but also that are going to challenge you. Uh, if you just have a bunch of yes men in your corner, uh, then you don't have good mentors. Um, so your mentors is first vacations that your V right, um, vacations with your family. Um, you have to take time to do that. And it may sound like that may sound really weird to some people, but if your pastors are not taking vacation, you might as well get ready for them to be burned out of ministry or really bad pastors. They need time away. Vacations are mandatory for pastors. They need time away and they need time to recharge. Uh, and vacations can be simple. Like it don't have to be week long vacations at the beach. Like Kayla and I, some of the things that we do, uh, we go up to Fayetteville um, almost every home game. Now we go to the, we go and watch the Razorbacks play. It's it's a way for us to get away, spend yeah. the day together. Um, it's just it's just a little mini vacation day, right? But but you need those throughout the year. So you you got your M, you got your V, and your P. Prayer. I mean, if you're a pastor and you're not praying for God to give you. Uh, some grit and some thick skin and to be there for you um, and it's just like I tell my students and it's a good reminder for myself if I'm not praying that God's going to lead me to make spiritual decisions in the little things uh, and, and just in the big things and then little things become extreme and so yeah. <clears throat> so that's what I always try to remember uh, as far as like just having some grit uh, is my MVPs I remember so, it here excellent. remember your MVPs Hey, we pray uh, that you uh, enjoyed today's episode and that you keep tuning in. And we pray that we all continue on the mission of following Jesus, loving others, and reaching the lost.